Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a great show for you guys. We are continuing our off-season editions where today we will discuss some Bills news and notes um, some off-season cut or keep candidates. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the Bills team in general. So, uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host for this episode, John. John, um, it's good to talk Bills with you. How are you? Doing excellent. Can't wait to talk about the Bills. Yeah. How's it going? Now, oh, it's it's great. Love talking Bills. Love talking to you. Two of my favorite things to do. So let's get right into it. There's a there's only a few Bills news. And oh, real quick, we are going to give away our last Donovan McNabb signed autographed football from our friends over at Del Lago Casino and Resort. So um, stay tuned to the end of the pod for that. And... Uh, and yeah, yeah. So first, real quick, Bills news and notes. Greg Olson does not sign with the Bills. Uh, former former Bears, former Panthers tight end, Greg Olson, former Pro Bowler, um, signs with the Seahawks for a one-year, $7 million deal. We talked about this last episode where we went over the three options, the Redskins, the Bills, and the Seahawks. We all thought it would be either between us and the Seahawks. And sure enough, just like Mike predicted, they ended up going, he ended up going to the Seahawks for a one-year, $7 million deal. Now, I know, John, you had some thoughts about it. We would have loved to have him, but you're not too upset about us missing out on Greg Olson. Yeah, I mean, what was it? $7 million for a 35-year-old who missed 18 games the last three years? You're not too heartbroken over it. It's fine. It's I mean, you know, they got, like I love the the potential in Dawson Knox. Obviously, he had some bad drops, but he also made some great plays. And I, I think I wouldn't mind an upgrade at tight end still, um, even even like a vet to mentor for a couple of years. But it's fine if it's not Olsen, it can be somebody else. Yep, exactly. There's other guys out there. There's other guys that are going to be cut that we don't even know about in free agency that'll be available. So I'm glad they went after him. I'm glad that they uh, were judicious, as they would say, about spending money. I don't think he was worth the money. I think if you're a win, you know, if they're if you're a Super Bowl contending team like like I think the Seahawks are and the Bills hope to be this season, then, you know, they, they, they so might have been worth it was spend a little bit more money. Bills are contenders. <laughs> they are contenders. You're right. You're right. The Seahawks were just a little bit more of a contender last season, just because they made it one more round. But you're right. The Bills could turn it around this season easily. So um, not too heartbroken over it. It sucks. But I think, it, you know, we're going to talk about Tyler Croft in our cut and keep um, segment after the Bills news and notes, because, you know, Tyler Croft is someone who has had injury has had a, a big injury history just like um, Greg Olson, except he just doesn't have the experience and, you know, the Pro Bowl caliber elite play that Greg Olson has had over his entire career. I mean, Greg Olson was good with Jay Cutler, for God's sake. I mean, that's that's just, just goes to show you how good a player is when they can succeed with Jay Cutler as your quarterback, you know. So, 
Um, so he's obviously a good player. But then again, you know, Tyler Croft is 27 and Greg Olson is 35. So, <laughs> you know, you get, you take a little, you give a little. So uh, the other big news and notes, did you have something you wanted to add to that, John? I was going to say, uh, Jordan Reed's like, what, 29 right in the middle there? He just got cut by the Redskins. I, obviously, he's got a very injury-riddled career, but when he plays, he's pretty good, right? <laughs> you love Jordan Reed. Did you have him on your fantasy team at one point? A few times. A few times, through, one of your, through at least one of your... Sometimes it, sometimes it worked out, sometimes it didn't. <laughs> well, you won multiple uh, championship titles in our league, so I'm sure he was on at least one. Dude, you have an affinity, and we all do, for the the players that lead us to a fantasy football championship. You know, yeah. The, yeah. You, you don't want to let him go. I know a kid in one of my other leagues who's who will always jo- or draft Josh Gordon because he got to the championship one year with him, and he's only had one good season <laughs> as an NFL player in like nine Was that years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a while ago. It's a while ago. He'll draft him even though he's not like he's still suspended, like with his like sixteenth round pick. Um, just because just he might be able to start him at some point or keep him next year. So um, anyway, back to the Bills. Uh, other other big... Would you get? Would you pick up Jordan Reed for like a couple million dollars? Oh, yeah. Sorry. sorry, yeah, going back to that thing that you brought up. Um, I think uh, he's interesting, man, because he is one of those guys that, you know, has is very high-level talent and skill as a receiver, and he's one of those guys that's big. He is exactly what we wanted... Dawson Knox to be, except Dawson Knox was thrown in a little bit too early. That's what we wanted Tyler Croft to be. Um, Jordan Reed possesses skills receiving that the Bills do not have on their roster currently, right? Um, he's he's not too old, like you mentioned, 29. It's just, you know, he's always... I, I know you don't have the stats pulled up, but I want to say he started even less than half the games that, you know, he he's he's been eligible to play in the last four years. Like it is bad. Like he misses most of the season and it's not just like a soft tissue injury. Like he's had a concussion history. He's had, you know, also what I have no idea what this last one, like a foot injury or ankle injury. Like there's, there's a lot of different injuries going on with him. Um, so I like the idea of like a one year prove it deal, maybe like, and, and you only get like the guaranteed money if you make it into the roster. <laughs> Or whatever, like a one year, like what would you do? Like a one year, three or four million dollar contract for Jordan Reed? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go more than that. Um, it, it doesn't have to be anything big. No, no, it just needs someone to, it, we just need a veteran presence above Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. Those guys need to develop properly. And you see, you, you we've seen this so many times when guys, either wide receiver or tight ends, get thrown in too early and they're not ready for it. I mean, just look at Zay Jones, right? The guy was drafted in the second round. He wasn't supposed to start, but then all of a sudden, you know, they trade away Sammy Watkins, Anquan Bolden retires, and all of a sudden, Zay Jones is like your number one wide receiver, right? So. Remember Anquan Bolden? <laughs> Nice, nice. Remember Anquan Bolden. So, if you guys don't know this, on Twitter this past weekend, um, it was there was just a ton of posts. And if you're following us on Twitter, please do. If you're not, please do. Um, at CTW Pod, like a circling the wagons pod. But I mean, someone started. I forget exactly who started it. But what would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? We were just retweeting old Bills players. That you just kind of forget, like, I mean, geez, I'd go through my mentions, but it was like, you know, like Trey Teague, right? Yeah. K- 
Keon Carpenter. Um, Jamie Mueller. Jamie Mueller. Jamie Mueller, which we talked about last episode when talking about autograph signing. We mentioned like half those guys <laughs> in there. Hold on. I'm going to go through a few just because they were so good. Derek Holmes. Remember Derek Holmes? Yeah. Remember Keith Rivers? Yeah. Remember Co Simpson? Remember Kavika Mitchell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I like this was this was one um from at Frey J one, which he said, Remember Shaud Williams. I was trying to remember his name like all weekend. I'm like, remember that short, like really small back? And uh, like he was he had a pretty good college career, but you know, he was a low round pick. We were thinking he might also play. Yeah. Yeah. So it all started out because I said, Remember Ryan Denny. Ryan Denny, who you still think to this day could have been better than Chris Kelsey on the defensive line. He was better than Chris Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> much, much better. I think you just liked him because he was a mammoth. He was like six foot seven, right? I don't know if he was that tall, but I thought he outplayed Kelsey. But they kept because they Kelsey was drafted higher and they gave him more money. He was playing more. Yeah, so they let go of Ryan Denny. John's still bitter about the uh, Ryan Denny Chris Kelsey thing. It was just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really did like Ryan Denny too. I thought he, I thought he added a little bit more too, uh, but the, but he didn't have the. He, the high draft pick status that Chris Kelsey did. And uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because we, we question roster moves then and we still do, right? It's just, it's just funny to do as, as fans who we don't see the ins and outs of practices every day. I got a three for, for you. Yeah, go ahead. Remember Melvin, Melvin Fowler, Derek Dockery and Langston Walker. <laughs> do the, uh, the pro bowl signings of uh, Marv Levy as a GM, right? <laughs> You can't see this, but John is dying laughing on his side. He was so excited for that one. Derek Dockery, Melvin Fowler, and Langston Walker. <laughs> I didn't see that at all over Twitter at all this weekend. Um, here, here's a few other good ones. Just oh, by the way, I found out about this new um, Twitter site who only has like a hundred followers right now, but you should definitely follow them. It's like built for this remember old Bills players called at Random Bill One, and like they like they've been doing this since like beginning of february so way before this was even a thing and like just going through like every every day or every couple of days they'll put in like a, a picture of a like it started off with trey teague and then they went angelo crowell you know co simpson jonas jennings kirk chambers jim leonard i mean this is just like it's awesome it's what a cool site so i gotta shout them out very rarely do you come across some really cool sites like that but you know like there were people saying jabron hamden um Kurt Scholes was a good one. Coy Wire, Kirby Jackson, Josh Stamer, John DiGiorgio. I mean, these are just all throwback names. Guys that, you know, you don't you don't remember unless you pick up like Madden 12, right? Sometimes Tecmo Super Bowl. <laughs> so that was fun. Good good pickup, John. I love it. Um so so after that, we are gonna talk about um the the only other real major news that went across um, the wire for bills fans this last week was um, according to the AP John Warrow from the associate press. Um, the bills are going to let free agent defensive tackle Jordan Phillips test free agency this spring. And he said, uh, Warrow reports that while both sides enjoyed his two seasons in Buffalo, they don't expect to stay together for a third or beyond. So the thinking behind, he writes the thinking behind uh, decision is question thinking behind decision is question of how much bills can spend 
because they have to focus on re-signing others. Continue Waro. Uh, we projected uh, so anyway. So Matt Warren or Matt Warren from uh, you know uh, Buffalo Rumblings, um, editor in chief there had a great article about this. I suggest you guys read it. But um, essentially, you know, and and we kind of thought about this, um, you know, w- with the with the way that Jordan Phillips uh, performed this last season, the pe- the fact that he did have a really good season, and we all agree on it. Um, Ed Oliver was someone that they drafted though to really be that that three technique defensive tackle and he had a great second half of his season and uh, the money that Jordan Phillips was going to command with the amount of sacks that he had in, in the in the amount of snaps that he had it was just you know was one of those things that I don't think he just priced himself out of Buffalo and him not being an original draft pick from Buffalo I think plays into it a little bit because I think the Bills really want to re-sign their own like um, John Warrow mentioned um, you know, others like, I mean, for example, Deion Dawkins, Tredavious White, Matt Milano. I mean, you got guys there that you really have to sign that you drafted and show and prove to the team that, you know, if you're part of it and you work your butt off, you will get paid by this team and you will get paid. We're not going to be stingy. We're going to give you the deal that, you know, makes sense for us and our team. And I think Jordan Phillips just didn't fit into that. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's expected. And, you know, a lot of people bring up his, his sack total for the year, but didn't, weren't like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like I feel like half his sacks were against Miami. <laughs> well, at least half of them were against Tennessee. <laughs> One game against Mariota, right? Oh. I think he had three. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, Tennessee game. Yeah, it's it's one of those things too where. You know, the Bills drafted Ed Oliver, and Ed Oliver really came on at the end of the season. Now, mind you, he didn't have nine sacks or nine and a half sacks um, that you know uh, Jordan Phillips did. But at the same time, like he showed a lot better in in both the run and, you know, uh, pass rushing, because by the end of the season, he was the better all around defensive tackle, according to a lot of people that, you know, you read and respect about Joe Biscalia mentioned that on his podcast and in his articles in The Athletic. And a lot of people that, you know, rewatch that tape mentioned that. And it's Ed Oliver is the future at that position for the Buffalo Bills. And it's a lot of money to spend for a backup defensive tackle at the same position. And, you know, when it comes down to it, the Bills found Jordan Phillips off waivers. Maybe they find another guy like him off waivers, too. You know, and, and maybe he ends up, they end up finding more depth that way. Right. And it's it's just a lot of money to tie up in a position where they could draft someone potentially maybe in the later rounds that could, you know, be a backup or or, or share some reps or something. I don't know. But I'm not too heartbroken yeah. about it. Yeah, I got to trust the process. I mean. Not this year, but in the coming years, they're going to have some tough decisions to make with Tredavious White and Matt Milano and some of these other guys. Yeah, it's, I wonder if they're even going to be able to keep them all. And that's, exactly. That's going to be oh, that's going to be tough. We love those guys. Those are some of the best, most easily likable players on the team. And and you know, I we I I really like Jordan Phillips a, as a player. And but Joe Biscali noted in a few articles that one of the reasons when the Bills were failing against the run, they're getting gashed a few of those games that. It was more likely than not that Jordan Phillips was on the team or in the in the lineup as opposed to um, at Oliver. So you know you have that right there. I think I think it's just it's time. You know we wish him well. We hope he stays, but it's just it's just the way it is. You know you can't keep everyone. You can't resign everyone. If they didn't have an Ed Oliver and it was like Kyle Williams just retired like he did last season, you know they're looking for a guy. I mean you know they they signed him for and good for him. He did a one year prove it deal and he proved it. 
So he did what he, was, what he was supposed to do on his end. Good for him. He gambled and he gambled right. John, what do you think in general about players like Jordan Phillips, players like Shaq Lawson, and a lot of other players out there that have their best season in a contract year? Do you think that's one of those things where um, they just it just took them that long to pop as you know, athletically and talent wise, or do you think that it's one of those things where it's like the money motivates and, you know, that kind of worries you because if it's, if it's really money motivates you, well then, you know, when you get your four or five year deal with, you know, half the contract guaranteed, are you going to have that same motivation? I mean, we saw with Marcel Darius, that was not the case. At least it didn't seem that way. You know, we, we've run into that with other players before. I think a lot of other teams do. So what do you think about players that, that perform well in, their last year right before a contract? I I feel like that players are going to play as hard as they can, no matter what, once they're on the field, regardless of it being a contract year or not. I mean, you, you go out there and, you know, you're, you're part of a team. And I mean, if you're not giving it all, you're probably going to get hurt or somebody else is going to get hurt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So I think what'll, uh, I, I don't know if there's a correlation. It feels like there would be. But you're right. I mean, you don't stay in that league unless you're unless you're not completely motivated all the time. Like look at look at Kelvin Benjamin, right? The guy's out of the league, you know, and it's just he didn't seem like he was motivated. <laughs> and, and other teams picked up on that. And other teams aren't going to be like, well, he'll be motivated with me because I'll sign him. It's like no, like why would I want why would I want to bring that into my locker room if there's any negativity or any signs of not being motivated on the field? Like why would I want to to do that unless he's elitely talented? And, um, anyway, um, so yeah, best of luck to Jordan Phillips and, uh, yeah, I, I doubt we will be seeing him again in a Bills uniform. He brought a, a really interesting, fun 2019 season. I thought he bought, brought a lot of attitude and, and a lot of moxie and just, just things that really made it an interesting season. So he was one of the, like, I remember, um, with Jordan Phillips, I feel like we're doing a, <laughs> a memoriam on him like he's definitely going to leave but uh remember after the bills beat the cowboys on thanksgiving there's a picture of him mocking ezekiel elliott doing the uh the feed me sign like him and shaq lawson hilarious like i i love that that sort of uh and then him doing the pretending like to do the first down sign after <laughs> loved it yeah um, it was, you know in the whole game you see him on third down I know the other teams lining up. He's throwing his arms up in the air, trying to get the crowd into it and that sort of thing. Yeah, he's very good like that. I feel like the Bills need more guys like that to have a lot of character. So hopefully, you know, the Bills find some more like that for more leaders and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, let's go into the main part of this podcast, which is the offseason key cuts or keeps so um, before we go into full full free agents um, this week we're going to talk about guys that are currently under contract for the bills and whether the bills should cut them or keep them based on their salary based on their cap hit based on what the bills have uh, available to spend is it worth it based on their production stuff like that next week i think we're going to talk about i I say i think because you know the 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 podcast episode outline changes you know day to day but um, i'd like to talk about the bills uh potential free agents that we'd like to sign, re-sign, or let walk, um, kind of like Jordan Phillips. And then we'll talk like next week about, the week after that, about some some actual Bills potential free agents, free agents out there that we th- we could see the Bills signing based on what we think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott will do, what they've done in the past. And I think it'll be a fun conversation. So 
All right. First off, um, this this idea for this article came from our good friend Matt Perino at NewYorkUpstate.com. Matt does a ton of great work. He and Ryan both do a ton of great work for NewYorkUpstate.com. If you haven't had a chance to, I had Matt on a couple of weeks ago to talk everything Bills. I mean, including free agency. But we talked about the 2019 season. We talked about his thoughts on, you know, uh, Cody Ford and should he be right tackle and his thoughts on Brian Dable. And we talked to, I mean, I kept him on for like almost an hour. I feel like I had to apologize to him by the end because he had so much good insight. He's such a great guy to talk to and he's got some really good, um, interesting thoughts on it. So he did this article, which I will post on the show notes about, you know, six off season cut candidates and he goes from one by one. So I'm going to discuss them here on the podcast with John and, um, I won't give, uh, Matt's thoughts on them so you can read them, um, completely on the show notes or on NewYorkUpstate.com. but I'll talk, um, some of the few highlights that he gave. So first on the list, um, actually before we go into, um, these players in general, let's talk about where the Bills stand cap-wise. Now, you probably already know this. If you're a Bills fan, you probably know where the Bills stand cap-wise. But I'm going to just give you a quick summary. The Bills have roughly $82 million in cap space right now. What that does not include is that it does not include Bills draft picks. Now, roughly the Bills draft picks could be between 7 and $9 million. I say between 7 and $9 million because... As we all know, the Bills have nine draft picks, but they could easily trade up, which they're most likely, which are all, I think they're very likely to do, John. Don't you think? Because the Bills never seem to keep all of their draft picks. They never seem to trade down to get more draft picks, um, except for that first season under uh, Sean McDermott when they were loading up to take a quarterback in the 2018 draft. But um, I could definitely see the Bills trading up a lot more than trading down this season, can't you? Yeah, and I think, like their the two extra picks are in the lower rounds too, so they could use those to package up and move up. So I, I could see that happening. Yeah, package them up to get like a better third round pick or a better fourth round pick or something like that. So um so yeah, so the Bills have eighty two million, eighty three million I should say, and what's gonna happen with that is, you know, over time, um the it'll be like minus seven million dollars. So figure um, for the draft picks, 83 minus 7, I do the math on that, that's 76 million. So they have 76 million to spend this offseason, either on their own players or new players or whatever. So they got a little bit of cap space with um, Star Latulale this offseason. So um, let's go over some of the, the top um, highest uh, cap hits for the Buffalo Bills this season. This is according to Spotrack, um, which is such a great site for all this information. Um, Spotrack says uh, Mitch Morris right now is the highest cap hit for the Bills this season at $11.6 million. He takes up the most cap of any player on the Bills right now. If the Bills cut him right now, they would uh, chew up $10 million in cap space So uh, that in dead cap. So that will not happen by any means. But, John, if I were to tell you um, that the second highest cap hit on the Bills is Trent Murphy, would that surprise you? I guess so because I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> it's a, that seems it seems like a lot of money, doesn't it, for Trent Murphy? Yeah, is it his year on his deal or? So it is the last year of his deal, um, and this is actually the first guy we're going to discuss on our cut or keep. So Trent Murphy, the Bills defensive end, has a cap hit this season of nine point seven eight million dollars. He's the second highest cap hit on the Buffalo Bills roster right now. Um, last season he had five sacks the season before he had four sacks and he was battling injuries through his first season. So this is very clearly one of the guys that, you know, um, 
that you could easily see cutting or keeping because his dead cap is only $1.7 million. So if the Bills cut him today or later in the offseason, they save roughly $8 million in cap space, right? The problem is if you cut defensive end Trent Murphy, since the Bills have not at this point signed Shaq Lawson as defensive end, now you're you're left with um, just Jerry Hughes, Daryl Johnson, and Mike Love, right? So you will need to sign at least two more people. Now, if you re-sign Shaq Lawson, I mean, that helps that maybe you take that money and you give it to Shaq Lawson or whatever. But either way, that's a huge cap hit for Trent Murphy. Um, not knowing anything else, John, knowing that the Bills would only, you know, they would save $8 million to put towards potentially, potentially a defensive end like uh, Yannick Ngakwe from Jacksonville or Robert Quinn or someone like that. Um, the Bills could take that $8 million and put it towards somewhere else, or they could re-sign Shaq Lawson or, you know, the guy, the guy is, I mean, let's, let's be clear. Trent Murphy's underperformed to his contract to this point, right? He basically, so, he basically signed a three-year, $30 million deal when, um, you know, Sean McDermott first, or in 2018, right? So, so, right. so his first year was, I mean, he had injuries his first year. Mm-hmm. Um, thought he had a good 2019. I think he, um, I, I think he had a good second half of 2019. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, like I'd say like, Oh, maybe he could restructure, but he's only got one year left. So, I mean, you, you know, you'd be resigning him and restructuring at the same time. Yeah. Um, they could probably, he could probably be upgraded, but, um, that hasn't been done yet. Like, you know, so like you said, they haven't signed anybody that, like, I wouldn't just want to drop him without having a plan, right? Yeah, and I don't think there's any incentive to drop him without having the plan. See, that's the genius behind Brandon Bean is is he, like, I, 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 I'm going to give some grades from Joe Biscalia of um, The Athletic, but, I mean, I remember messaging Joe Biscalia and saying, hey, you know, if the Bills sign... Greg Olson, does that mean Tyler Croft is gone? And he was like, not necessarily, because there's no incentive for them to cut him at any given point, unless they're in need of that cap, which they won't be because they have over, what do we figure, $76 million in cap, you know, uh, uh, for for re-signing guys and and signing new guys. So, you know, unless they're in need for that, you know, and we're going to talk about Tyler Croft a little bit later, but unless they're in need for that $8 million, like they don't have to cut him right now just so they can sign someone or re-sign their own guys. They can do that with the cap space that they've afforded themselves because they've done so well with the cap. So you're talking they could, you know, wait, they could sign a Yannick Ngakwe and still not have to cut Trent Murphy until, like, they find out what they're going to do, at, you know, defensive end besides him. Maybe they can find a cheaper guy, and then they do decide to cut him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They can definitely wait on it. I mean, yeah, like, unless they go absolutely bonkers in free agency this year, they're not going to need that, and it wouldn't not going to cost him anything next year because his contract runs out after this year. Exactly. So let me give you an idea. So Joe Biscalia of The Athletic does this really cool thing on The Athletic where he grades players throughout the entire season, right? So um, me, I'm not a film expert. I wouldn't even be a film. Even if I watched the tape, I wouldn't necessarily know if what I was looking at (laughs) was right or not. Luckily, guys like Bruce from The Nick and Nolan Show does that. So Bruce is really good at that. Um, But Joe Biscali has been doing it for years. We've been following Joe um, ever since he was at GR. And he does a great all 22 breakdown each week on The Athletic. So I'm just going to give some of his grades. I'm obviously not going to give them all away. But just for the guys that we're talking about, and just to give you reference with the other guys at the position that he plays with, where he ranks. So Trent Murphy 
out of um, 34 players for Joe Biscaglia, ranks 31st in his grade for the 2019 season. So you, you you and I can say, well, he had a pretty good season, or he had an okay season, or he had a good season. Joe Biscaglia thinks he did not have a good season. <laughs> he gave out of a grade of 4.0, which no Bills players got even close to 4.0. Um <laughs> So just to let you know, um, he gives him a GPA value and, uh, Trent Murphy was 2.64, like literally the fourth lowest. Um, the next closest defensive end was Daryl Johnson. Even Daryl Johnson, rookie seventh round pick Daryl Johnson had a better GPA than Trent Murphy. So John, when I ask you Trent Murphy, cut or keep, what do you say? Well, geez, after you just gave me that last bit, (laughs) That's the point of this conversation, right? Wait, wait what, what do they have to make this decision by? Well, let's just say in a vacuum. You can say, you can give it, you know, some sort of... Can it be by March, like the beginning of free agency, or can it be by August? John, you're acting as if this is a really informed podcast. Like, the, like we have that sort of information. Like, I did that kind of research. Come on, man. Like, this is, this is literally me just telling you, you know, the bills can cut... Uh-huh. Cut right, Trent fine. Murphy and save $8 million, or they can keep him for cut. another season. Cut. Cut him, resign Lawson, get Yannick, and draft somebody. Boom. Cut him. <laughs> Same here. I say cut Trent Murphy. All right, so let me go to Twitter real quick. I posted a quick poll up um, before I, uh, we recorded this podcast. So Bills, uh, keeper cut, Bills defensive end Trent Murphy, 43% say keep. 57% say cut. So that's where they, uh, Twitter agrees with us for the most part. I was surprised it was as split as it was. I thought it would have been a little bit more. But you know, that's why you got to listen to this podcast. You get a little bit more insight than you would necessarily get from, you know, just, just the outside uh, point of view. So, um, all right, let's go into um, the next candidate for cut or keep. Keep or cut, cut or keep. Tyler Croft, tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Um, Croft uh, is is entering the second season of a three-year deal. Um, the savings, so the Bills, the Bills, he is right now at a $6.4 million cap hit. The Bills only have $1.6 million of dead cap if they cut him this season. So they save almost $5 million by cutting him this season. The savings increased to more than $6 million, though, if the Bills cut him in 2021. So there's there's a potential for that too. Um, you know, it's the Bills obviously uh, are not happy with their tight ends right now, or they wouldn't have even looked at Greg Olson. They're clearly looking to upgrade the position, and I don't necessarily know if it has to do with Tyler Croft's you know athletic potential. It's the fact that he's sometimes I feel like he's made of glass. You know, like the guy was injured in one of the first off season mini camp workouts, and then he came back for the first time in like three or four months to practice with the team. And then he got injured that same day within like 15 minutes. So, um, you know, you really root for him. You want him to do well. You want him to be a big part of the bills offense, but it wasn't just in Buffalo. He's had issues with injuries. I mean, this goes back to Cincinnati. So, um, the bills say $5 million. Let me also give you, um, Joe Biscalia's grade on, on Tyler Croft. So right now he is the lowest ranked or for 2019, he is the lowest ranked tight end at 2.76 GPA. Just to give you some perspective, tight end Dawson Knox was uh, 13 spaces ahead of him as far as overall positions um, at a 2.96. So clearly Dawson Knox at this level right now, you know, and and 
Tyler Croft had you know limited amount of snaps. He only had 275 snaps compared to 718 of Dawson Knox's. So he only had a third of the snaps, basically, um, less than a third of the snaps. So um, you know that has to be taken into account too. But um, it's very clear that Joe Biscalia likes uh, Tyler Croft a lot less than Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox was a rookie last season, so already it feel like he's better than Tyler Croft at the position. The Bills could save. $4 million, almost $5 million, I should say, by cutting Tyler Croft. John, what are your thoughts? How would you say compares to Lee Smith? I'd say uh, he's not as good of a blocker, but he's a better receiver. But Lee Smith played every single game. So what do you say, right, about Lee Smith? He also has a lot of penalties. Oh, well, I mean, geez, if it was between, oh, we're going to get to Lee Smith. Lee Smith, <laughs> we're going to talk about Lee Smith. <laughs> We'll get there. Don't worry, buddy. We're about to talk about All Lee right. Smith. Um, I mean, I'm okay with cutting both those guys. I'm, but they still need they need they need guys there, right? I mean, um, they need upgraded position, right? Cut, cut them both, upgrade. Yeah, I feel like when we talk about our fear of letting some of these guys go, like Tyler Croft, is just like, well, who are we going to replace him with? Who are we going to replace him with? It's like, well, we didn't know the Bills were going to replace. You know, their tight ends, we didn't know they were going to replace Charles Clay with Tyler Croft, right? Like, that's, we just, we as as human beings sometimes, I feel like, fear what we don't know. We fear the unknown because we can't say, oh, I, I know what they're going to, I know that they're going to upgrade, you know, Tyler Croft with Hunter Henry, so I'm okay with them cutting Tyler Croft. It's like, I don't know who they're going to upgrade him with, so I don't really want them to cut Tyler Croft. But if you think so about it, could be, it, <laughs> could be what? Because it could be a downgrade. It could be a downgrade. You're right. You're right. I would I would think that, you know, Tyler Croft has been a downgrade so far. I don't know compared to Charles Clay. Charles Clay wasn't really impressive his whole time here, but um this you're right. You you never know. It could be the unknown does scare a lot of Bills fans. I have noticed that on Twitter and you know, stuff like that. It's like, well, why would we like the, there was a I remember last year, there's a like big fear of losing Derek Anderson as your backup. It's like, well, who's who's gonna be a player coach? It's like just just relax, guys. Like Derek Anderson is not gonna be the reason why Josh Allen is great or terrible next season. It's like, you know, they, they didn't they but you didn't know who his backup was gonna be, or you didn't know who, you know, the quarterback's coach was gonna be. You know, it was just it was people are afraid of what they don't know. But in saying that, you definitely want to cut Tyler Croft, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is this going to be like a list that ends up being like it's like if it's obvious that there shouldn't be cut, then they're not going to be on this list anyway, right? No, no, we're going to get into those. So, so I'd say I'd say the first two are the easiest, but but I we both agree, right? Cut, right? Sure. Twitter also agrees. Thirty-two percent say keep. Sixty-seven percent say cut. So Twitter is on the same track as us. So those those first two were easy. Now we get into some difficult ones. Ty Inseki, Bills starting right tackle. Well, starting switches reps between Cody Ford. That's a whole other episode or to- podcast. But um, the he right now this season has a five point two million dollar cap hit, and if the Bills cut him, he only has a one point five million dollar dead cap for the twenty twenty season. So the Bills literally save almost four million dollars by cutting Ty Inseki. So um, in in our discussion with Matt Perino, he was like, I don't know if you want to definitely go with Ty Nsecki as your right tackle. I think you want to try Cody Ford one more season because he was saying in the locker room, and this is a guy, you know, that that has a kind of access. He's like, man, he looked like he went through a war every single game 
that he came out of the locker room, man. He's like, he's, he's up there. I think he's 34. So, um, you know, his best football is definitely behind him, but is it's a matter of, is he better than Cody Ford right now? Right tackle. So I'll, I'll say that, you know, um, the, Right now, you know, the Bills might re-sign Adrian Waddle. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of things that the Bills could do on the offense. You want me to give you the Joe Biscalia grade of Ty Nsecki? Sure. So Ty Nsecki was the 16th ranked player of um, of all the of all 34 players that Joe Biscalia ranked. So 16th, he had a GPA of 2.92. Right. Um, do you want a comparison to Cody Ford? as the other right tackle to Ty Nsecki to see, because if they're close, right? If they're close in grade, then you can say, well, let's save $4 million in cap. They're basically the same player. Let's, let's keep, let's keep Cody Ford, keep developing him and keep progressing him as right tackle and cut Ty Nsecki, right? But well, before you say that, like, are we sure that Cody Ford should be tackled? Like what, why, why not move him to guard? Yeah. It's a great question. It's a great discussion. Um, I think I think the thinking along with a lot of people um, that know a lot more than you and I do is to say go to guard because that's where he's that's where he's meant to that's where his physical and athletic attributes align him to um, that's the way his playing style goes um, and and it's hard not to agree with that because it felt like um, and you know we don't rewatch tape but just from the live broadcast it felt like he was getting beaten a lot on his side and i think it would have been a lot more noticeable if josh allen wasn't as good at evading the pressure as he is and we talked about this a lot on game recaps and if you're new to our podcast and you and you're a new listener and you haven't you know listened to us through the season we do a, a recap every single game um after the you know in the regular season and the postseason and and i remember noticing that several times where josh allen you know, stepped up in the pocket and avoided a pass rush from like Demarcus Lawrence comes to mind from the Dallas Cowboys, you know, just completely destroying Cody Ford with his speed and guys that have speed tend to do very well against Cody Ford. So, um, and I don't know if that's a matter of development or if it's a matter of, he just won't get better right now, as it stands right now, um, you know, just like going into the draft, he was like the third ranked guard in the draft and a lot of people projected him to guard but the bills say he's going to be a tackle so i don't know we'll see um what do you think wait so what was uh the grade comparison on that oh so i didn't give that to you so so uh ty Nsecki is a 16th ranked uh player in joe biscalia's out of 34 and cody ford is 34th out of 34 <laughs> in ranking wise <laughs> <laughs> joe biscalia not a big fan of cody ford cody ford would have had a 2.23 GPA. It's because he's playing out of position. He's <laughs> and if you've, if you've listened to Joe Biscalia and his podcast or reading his articles, he's a firm believer that at this point, at least right now, Cody Ford should be a right guard or a guard in general as opposed to right tackle. And it's hard to disagree at this point. Yeah, that Joe Biscalia is a smart guy. Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> I'm going to say keep. I'm going to say keep also. For now, because I think he, right now it appears just based on that he is a, an upgrade over Cody Ford, so it's hard to disagree with any of that. So, and and just to give you an idea, so okay, we're gonna go into to, to more offensive linemen, but um, Tyne Secchi had a better grade than Mitch Morris and Quentin Spain did this season. 
And he had a better score than John Felice. It, actually, <laughs> besides Deion Dawkins, Ty Nsecki had the best grade of all offensive linemen based on Joe Biscaglia's score. So that should tell you right now, I'm I'm in the firm camp right now. I know you could save $4 million. Keep him. Keep him for one more season. Then you can, you know, either move Corey Ford. He'll either, at that time, uh, either be firmly a guard or tackle at that point by a se- the end of his second season. So you'll either have him as right tackle or um, Cody Ford will become your starting right guard. And then you'll just draft another guy to be your tackle or you'll sign another guy at that point in that offseason. But it buys you time to keep Ty Nsecki on the roster that far. So we agree, keep? Sure. What, what was his score again? He was the fourteen or the sixteenth ranked player out of thirty four, and he had a two point nine two. Two point nine two. So to the hunters place. So that's awfully specific. I'm curious how the how he got those numbers. <laughs> well, <laughs> he does it like a GPA every single game, right? And he does it. He goes into exactly how he does his uh, grading, how the standards work. I'll give you a real quick. And if you guys aren't following Joe, Biscay, you're probably following Joe Biscay if you're listening to this podcast. But if you aren't a um, subscriber to the athletic i mean it's worth every penny i found um even before joe biscalia joined and now it's and i say this as a because i'm stealing some of his work sort of the podcast so um so again like great great job he says basically um every tuesday when the all 22 film come becomes available he goes through and watches every player um as many times as necessary to assess a letter grade and it's a subjective analysis obviously but um we, and, we, and he doesn't know the play calls and full responsibilities, um, but the grade stems from technique, effort, and presumed liability. So um, the study counts for players who take a snap on offense or defense. And um, so basically he's, he tallies all those grades together and he comes up with oh, a single grade. And then the average comes out to be... All right. The average at the end of the season. So the grades I'm giving you are the after the entire season, which is the most, I think, accurate grade. And I do this because uh, because I don't think we would trust pro football focus at this point, right? No, no. Yeah, I should probably go read the Joe Biscelli article. Yeah, yeah, you should. You should. Um, so I, I definitely uh, appreciate He basically does what pro football focus should do, except he does it for the bill. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to say keep for Ty Nsecki. And Twitter says 90% say keep, 9% say cut. So pretty much along the lines as us. Uh, but they're getting more controversial. Number four on the list, John Feliciano, starting offensive guard for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Feliciano, an unsung hero for the rebuilt Bills offensive line. He started all 16 games at right guard and even moved in some games to replace an injured center in Mitch Morris in two games. So the Bills coaching staff praised Feliciano's toughness you know, and his physical nature of his game is, and they say it rubbed off on his teammates. So, so right now he's a cap hit of $4.4 million. He only has a dead cap of $750,000. So if the bills cut him, they save almost, they save roughly three and a half million dollars by cutting John Feliciano bill starting right guard. So if you're curious about where John Feliciano ranks, as far as Joe Biscalia's grade, grades go he is number 30 out of 34 with a grade of 2.69 not great bob he is just a few spots above trent he's just above trent murphy which we said cut he is you know above cody ford just by a few spots uh right now yeah he is not not a great score by joe biscalia and the bills could save three and a half million dollars or 
Or maybe they decide to move Cody Ford to their right guard spot, save that $3.65 million, use it to put in at Ladrian Waddle. Maybe they, they re-sign Ladrian Waddle for a one-year, you know, low deal and keep him as a swing tackle. You know, and they, or maybe they, but then again, you know, if they don't move Cody Ford to right guard and they cut John Feliciano, you know, you now you have a, a hole right now, as of right now, a Quinn Spain at left guard and John Feliciano at right guard. But if they move Cody Ford in, so we can say this as like a, th- like, so cut John Feliciano if you move Cody Ford to right guard, or you can say just in general, cut John Feliciano. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on what I, so I mean, so they made, they made a lot of, they made a lot of, you know, four new starters in the offensive line this year, right? Yep. Um, and and it was hard because you know they lost Wood and Incognito and this and that. I I think they did okay. They still need to upgrade. So I think there should still be a new starter at that position. But I'm not. I don't know if you get rid of Feliciano because he could be the backup. Even at three and a half million or whatever space he'd be saving. It's at this point you're what I mean. You're really I mean, it's peanuts at this point, right? Like, are they going to spend $75 million this year in free agency? Yeah, it's peanuts. It's peanuts. I agree. So I'm going to say based on that, because we're about to talk about Spencer Long right after this, I'm going to say keep John Feliciano. What do you say? Keep. Keep. He's a low... It's it's a low risk contract at this point. I know I know he doesn't grade out well this season, but like you said, uh, Matt Perino loved him. Um, he brought a lot of uh, grit and nastiness to that um, offensive line, and uh, he mentioned to Matt that he would he'd like to do MMA after after football. So I mean, that just shows you what kind of guy he is. Um, I want to say yes. If nothing else, for depth, if the Bills do eventually move Cody forward to right guard, it'd be great to have a guy that has that sort of flexibility at guard and center, like John Feliciano does. Maybe he is their swing guard. You know. Okay, so keep. Uh, and right now, Twitter says the same thing. This is the most overwhelming um, Twitter poll we've had. Ninety-seven percent say keep, three percent say cut. Okay, let's go into our next one. We're crushing it. We're crushing it. I know. We're so good. Um, <laughs> Bills offensive guard Spencer Long. The Bills signed Spencer Long from the New York Jets last season. Uh, when uh, Long played in 2019, he was good, based on Matt Perino's article. Um, he's getting, this season, he's kind of been only put in when the Bills have had injuries along the offensive line. And his cap hit this season is $4 million, and the Bills save... 700,000. So they basically get a savings of um, almost as much as if they cut John Feliciano, right? So basically look at them, Spencer Long, John Feliciano, at this point, they have the same contracts, the same dead cap hit, uh, the same cap hit and the same dead cap if they get the same cap savings if if uh, they cut Spencer Long. So um, Joe Biscalia, does he have Spencer Long? No, he doesn't have Spencer Long on here because I don't think he took enough snaps because he was a backup. So um, so you have a guy that and one of the reasons why they liked Spencer Long, I remember from last season's free agency, was that he had the kind of flexibility that John Feliciano, John Feliciano has of moving from place to place, position to position. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen at left guard with Quentin Spain. Do you want him to start there? Um, we don't know. Um, based on what we've been saying, uh, Spencer Long right now is kind of their swing guard. Um, it's tough. If if Quentin Spain right leaves right now and they keep Cody Ford at right tackle, I I imagine they they plug in Spencer Long at that position. So I would have to say 
That's a tough one because if it was between John Feliciano and Spencer Long, keeping one of those two, I say keep John Feliciano. But since we don't know what's going to happen with Quentin Spain and Spencer Long might be that guy we already have under contract to be the left guard for the Bills, the Bills draft another guy or they sign another guy to compete with him. This is a tough one. What are your thoughts, John? Honestly, like, so you can play multiple positions. I mean, at this point, any offensive lineman you say, I'm going to say keep, knowing full well that I think they need to upgrade their offensive line. Okay, so right now we've said keep Tynanseki, keep John Feliciano, so you're going to say keep Spencer Long too? Sure. You know what? I'm going to go against the green. I'm going to say cut Spencer Long. And the reason why I say this is because the Bills, I just remember the Bills have been keeping Ike Butker on their practice squad, or not their practice squad, their active roster for like a season. So what happened is they wanted to keep him last season, but they cut him and he ended up getting signed off waivers in 2018. And then, you know, he ended up getting cut somewhere down the season, I think by the Detroit Lions, I want to say. So the Bills or or the Dallas Cowboys. And then he got picked up by the Bills again. They got signed him this last offseason. They didn't want to cut him because they knew he would get signed off waivers. So, hey, man, if you're looking to keep an exclusive rights free agent guy or a guy that's like such a low cap hit like Ike Butker and give him the chance, man, if you've been keeping him on his roster and he wasn't active for game day at all, like this is your chance, man. He's been in the league for, I think, what, three or four seasons at this point? If it's not now, man, then when? So um, saying that I think that uh, I think Ike Butker could be a potential replacement. If not, you could potentially find a better replacement. They signed him because he was cut from the Jets early and they knew they needed offensive line help. And again, that early, you don't know who's going to become available. And then they end up signing, signing like 12 different offensive linemen. Um, I'm okay cutting him. So you say keep, I say cut. What does Twitter say? Twitter says keep. say keep, 34% say cut. I think a lot of the the people on Twitter are with you, John. You don't know who it is. You you don't know who you would replace him with. So you're afraid, well, you know, yeah, he's good enough, right? He's better than um, John Miller, right? And, like, you can cut him as soon as you do get the upgrade. So there's no risk. True, true. He's better than Vlad Dukas. (laughs) So that's such a low bar two seasons ago that I feel like you know, we I was looking at some offensive line rankings this past week, and they weren't above the mid-20s in a lot of things, low to mid-20s. So, like, I think they were, like, in past DVOA and football outsiders and rush DVOA. Like, they're just not a great unit yet. Sure, they're better than the unit the season before, but that was such a low bar. They were terrible the season before. So... I think we I think we just kind of forget, like, oh, well, this is better than that season. Yeah, but that's still not good. You know what I mean? You can be better than the 2018 season, but that still doesn't make you above average. I mean, but if you're still improving, right? I mean, you're going to get there. True. Let's just keep improving. Let's not think that we're set with the guys that we have. I guess that's my only point is don't think that we're okay. But like you said, they can. Well, they can I'm okay if they cut Spencer Long and Feliciano and everybody if they're getting all these improvements. But like, just like in a vacuum, right? Like considering the contract like is the main reason it it doesn't seem like it's the contract's overwhelming enough to be like oh we definitely got to cut this guy no and, and that's a genius of Brandon being in the front office is the bills could literally find they could sign like a stud right tackle right like a Jack Conklin or something like that right they sign him and then they save you know uh 4 million dollars by cutting Ty and Secchi the next day right 
So you automatically, of your you know, $12 or $14 million deal, not that they will, the Bills, I don't think are going to make a big splash in free agency, but the 12 or 14 of that million, 12 or 14 of that uh, contract, you save $4 million right there by cutting Ty and Secchi, right? Yeah. So, um, all right, let's go into the last person on the list, Lee Smith. Tight end Lee Smith, known mostly as a blocker for the Buffalo Bills, his second stint with the Buffalo Bills. Um, the Smith, so it's apparently Smith, Go what's that? Go <laughs> John already says cut. Hold on, I'm not done. All right, stop. <laughs> not done. Uh, Matt writes. Matt writes that Smith had a big, really big impact. On the two rookies in 2019, um, you know, Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney. So he said that that was significant. Um, you know, he was, he was a, he was very good as a blocker, but he was, you know, he was known for costing the Bills a lot of penalties. We discussed that a little bit earlier. Um, he seems kind of like a luxury at this point. He's right now, he has a $3.25 million cap hit. There's only $1 million of, dead cap if you cut him so you save 2.25 million dollars in cap space by cutting him um so it's the least amount of savings that you'll get from cutting any of the players that we mentioned beforehand but he's also probably the least impactful long term for the buffalo bills um as a player so i'll give you a quick ranking joe biscali did do a ranking of lee smith lee smith was the 23rd ranked player out of 34 players he was ranked at 2.79. He was ranked um, above Tyler Croft, but well below Dawson Knox. So you already, we already said cut Tyler Croft. Do we cut Lee Smith as well? Yeah, I mean, I even mentioned it earlier with Croft that I would cut both of them. So, I mean, the, the penalties is the main thing for me. Agreed, agreed. I, and, I, and I'm just not sure that the Bills really need him. I mean, Tommy Sweeney was... When he was drafted, people were like, well, you know, he's 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 not an all-around tight end. He's more of a blocker. Like, he was just known for that much more in college than receiving the ball. And so he was just, he was utilized that way. And I understand the Bills' logic in getting a guy like Lee Smith and Tyler Croft to bring along these young guys. But if you're just asking Tommy Sweeney to block, I mean, do you really need him to sit under a vet for another season? Like, make him the blocking guy next season. And cut Lee Smith and then bring in another, you know, second or third tier tight end veteran like a Tyler Croft. I mean, Tyler Croft was a second or third tier guy. And so is, I mean, Lee Smith was like a fourth tier guy, right? So let's do that. And uh, yeah, so I'm all for cutting Lee Smith. So it's agreed on our on our side. Cut Lee Smith. Twitter, Twitter says cut Lee Smith. 80%. 80% say cut Lee Smith. So easy one on Twitter. That was a fun exercise for you guys. Like I said, next week, uh, so this week we talked about guys that are currently under contract, cut or keep. Next week we talk about, you know, who who of these potential free agents the Bills should really look to resign or not. So uh, I'm going to give a quick plug for our T Public site. Three words for you. Treat, yo, sell. Uh, if you go to tpublic.com slash store slash CTW pod. You can check out all of our latest designs. There are, they are on sale at the point of, of us uh, recording this podcast. And these sales happen like every week, I feel like. And um, I just don't announce every podcast, but you guys should definitely check it out. If you haven't already, our, our top selling shirt on there is our, our picture of Josh Allen hurling, jumping over the word haters. So it's, it's just like, uh, 
our own graphic to depict how Josh Allen has been battling against stereotypes and people like uh, football outsiders and pro football focus that hate Josh Allen, no matter what he does. And they say that Duck Hodges, did you see that tweet? They said that Duck Hodges was better than um, Josh Allen and pro football focus actually said, well, they were probably just doing that to provoke Bills fans. It's like, wait a minute. I thought you were like a serious analytical site. Why are you trying to provoke Bills fans? John, do you follow pro football focus on Twitter? Um, I don't currently. On purpose? Yeah. Same. Um, so, Tredavious White's not in the top 100. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Pro football focus, Tredavious White. All pro? There's only, what, 22 all pros? He didn't make one? He didn't make top 100? Anyway. Anyway, now you're getting me all fired up. Anyway, back to our deep public site. So we have that one. We have somebody bought, which I really appreciate. I don't know if it's a podcast listener or follower on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook or whatever, but someone bought like five shirts of this next design, which was the Sean McDermott Trust the Process shirt. It's kind of like the Salt Bay shirt. If you've ever seen the Salt Bay where he's sprinkling the salt over his elbow, we got Sean McDermott sprinkling some uh, some process over his elbow. So um, someone bought like literally five shirts, which really appreciate that. I appreciate you guys supporting the podcast. Um, it was like kids shirts and stuff like that. I got to buy some for my uh, for my kids too. I got to buy some for your kids, John, because they're that good. So um, so again, check it out. Um, they they have a sale right now for $13 shirts at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Just like our Twitter handle, just like our, our our Instagram handle, just like our Facebook account, just like everything, everything, just like our email account, ctwpod at gmail.com. And our last thing we're going to do is give away our last Donovan McNabb signed football. So if you've been following uh, our podcast, um, we ask you guys to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you are, if you do do that, then what we will do for you is we we're doing giveaways throughout the season, throughout the off season for um, just, you know, just some cool stuff. We gave away a signed John Brown Jersey. We gave away signed Tremaine Edmonds Jersey. Uh, we were just gave away um, some uh, Bruce Smith signed autograph football, two Donovan McNabb signed autograph footballs. And this is our last one that we have to give away from um, the, and they were all given into us uh, from our, from the nice folks over at the Delago Casino Resort. And we appreciate them um, doing that for us to uh, give them away. And uh, actually, I mentioned last week there was uh, Darren Dwaz Nine that won the uh, the Donovan McNabb signed football. And like three weeks beforehand, he lit, he uh, won the Bruce Smith signed autograph football. So the dude is just I'm so glad I didn't send him that Bruce Smith signed autograph football yet because <laughs> now he can combine shipping. So. Um, you guys aren't going to get them right away. Okay. I'm not Amazon prime for God's sake. All right. I have things to do. So you're going to get them when you get them, but it's, they're free. They're completely free. Just so you know, <laughs> but, uh, so we are going to give away our last, uh, but before I do that, I'm going to read a, a couple of uh, reviews. The sub you guys went through the, um, effort to write the reviews. So it's, uh, I feel like I should, uh, read a couple of them. You know, just to give you guys a shout out. So this one is from uh, T. Cunnan89. Um, he or she writes, I love the Circling the Wagons podcast. They have fun segments like Stat of the Game, Wall of Famers, and Wall of Shamers, and are just a good listen. I feel like I get a perfect recap of every game. Keep up the good work, guys. Um, he is at Tommy C. 9879 
So this one's from uh, our buddy Adam Talmadge. I know this because he always he always writes in after every game. He writes, um, CTW are the best. I'm a new listener of Buffalo Rumblings and have become a fan of Circling the Wagons. The gang really makes me look forward to Mondays. They make you feel like you're recapping the game with your boys and have great tweets during the game too. So that's one of the things I'm, I think that's one of the things in general that I'm most proud about with this podcast, with talking with John and Mike and uh, the rest of you guys is we've been friends for, geez, I mean, it's crazy how long we've been friends over 20 years now at this point, because I don't like to think about it because it makes me realize how old I am, <laughs> but, but we've known each other longer than we haven't known each other. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Do you know how many years it's been since we graduated high school? John, shut up. I don't want to no, I don't I don't want to even shut up. Why do you why do you need to do stuff like that? You always do that. But that's literally like one of the I'm just gonna cut you off right there because I know our twentieth is coming up soon. <laughs> um but but that's one of those things where I, I take the most pride in is that you guys feel like you're part of our group because you seriously are. I mean, you know, minus being in, you know, the same state or whatever than us, I think a lot of, you know, our listeners, uh, you know, come from out of state and, you know, come from different areas and they feel like they're part of the group. Maybe they can't talk to a Bills fan every day like we can. I mean, we go to the office every Monday or go to the job site or whatever, and we're we're talking to other friends that are Bills fans, but not everyone has that. So appreciate you guys saying those nice things about us. Um, it really you know, uh, motivates us to do as good of a show as we can for you guys and just keep the conversation going because a lot of this as Bills fans, a lot of people will talk as experts and a lot of people are experts, but when it comes down to us, we become more informed Bills fans by listening to more opinions. So you may agree with us, you may disagree with us, but, uh, you know, it's really appreciate again what you guys are saying. So we are going to give away this last Donovan McNabb signed football. Donovan McNabb, by the way, everyone has to check out his last two minutes on offense in the Super Bowl where he just basically gave up. So this is this is Donovan McNabb. Let's see if uh, let's see who win this one. And this week it is the winner is at Sumit and Gupta. So the winner is at Sumit and Gupta. Uh, I have not read his or her review yet on the podcast, I don't believe, uh, but they have won. So if you are listening, uh, Sumit and Gupta, you have won this uh, this signed autographed football. So email me, tweet me, uh, shoot us a message over Facebook or whatever, and I will get that and send that over to you um, as soon as I am able. And uh, yeah, that's another thing is I'm glad Darren won twice because he listens every week. And that's another thing is you guys got to listen every week because uh, our good friend Dave did not listen. He's like one of the three people that we know just happens to listen um, that isn't, you know, one of us. <laughs> and he didn't listen one week. And guess what? He missed a uh, signed autograph uh, jersey. So that's what happened. So so at Sumit and Gupta, if you're listening, uh, just message us and we will send it over to you. So thank you guys, everyone, for listening. We will come back again next week and give you some more insight on free agency. I like to do free agency before we... I don't even like to talk about the draft until after free agency happens because... You know, you might look at the Bills' uh, biggest need as defensive end, and then all of a sudden the Bills get Yannick Ngakwe, and you're like, okay, well, at the time we spent, you know, scouting defensive ends, we know they're definitely not going to take one in the first round now. So what was the point in us looking at them? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's out of laziness or just a matter of the fact that the, the, I've I've gotten too committed into guys in the past. Like, oh, we definitely want this defensive end. And then the Bills get Mario Williams. It's like, well... <laughs> All right. All right. Well, what's the next biggest need, right? So we're going to kind of take that approach with the podcast. But again, like I love listening to other people on this network, other podcasts on this network that talk about the draft. I love hearing about it, but we're not going to talk about it really until after free agency. So thank you guys again for listening. For John. Remember Vontae Davis? 
<laughs> Good one. Way to bring that joke full circle, man. You're a pro. Oh, go Bills. <laughs> go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.